Hi, Daniel. How's it going? Hey, Evan. It's good. Happy Friday. Um, just bought my flights to our company retreat, which is super exciting. That was that was my fun activity today. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I Now that you say that, I need to book those. I also need to book core too. So <laughs> haven't done either of those flights yet, um, but it's on my list. Um, doing well. I'm on puppy duty as well as you now. So uh, pardon listeners, if you all of a sudden see us disappear, if you're watching the YouTube or if all of a sudden you hear dogs barking in the background, um, we both are engaging on um, puppy duty. Well, today's episode is episode five of the Wilshire IT Revcast. Uh, we're calling it client engagement um, plus growth equals success. So um, that is today's episode. Um, if you want to reference back to it, um, please feel free. Or if you have questions, please feel free to put that in your email to us. Um, all right, Daniel, should we jump right in or? Yeah, I'm excited to see where this conversation goes. Uh, <laughs> I think we'll start out with some introductions and jump into hot topics. And I get the honor of doing our first introduction here. Not a first timer on the podcast. This is our returning guest here. Uh, has been with Wilshire Group since 2012. Specializes in coding, project management, HIM. I've seen it all up front and personal on a client before. Does a great job. And uh, just to highlight a few other things, really focuses on engineering and optimizing workflows for clinical and revenue cycle projects. Um, then lastly, you know, Wilshire's had some recent growth. We've highlighted a few of the director roles and I uh, just want to mention that she's moved into the director of client success. So welcome, Jen. Thanks for joining the podcast today. Thanks for having me back. Had a great time last time. So excited for today. Perfect. I get to introduce our first time guest for them, uh, but it's our second guest on the, today's episode. He is the co-founder and managing partner for us, um, responsible really for our strategic vision, client management, um, human capital development, um, really all things business, we we reach out to the, this individual. Um, so 25 years plus experience in healthcare finance management, um, former member of HFMA. Um, welcome, Hank. Good afternoon, guys. Evan Daniel, very glad to be uh, finally invited to a podcast and be able to participate. And just to add a little personal note, we are also in the market for a new dog. Lost our golden retriever about six, seven months ago, needed a little time. And now we're in the search for a uh, a new furry family friend. Well, when you uh, decide what narrow your breeds down, check with several of us, because we all have a wide range <laughs> on the team. I will. I, think. I will. I go from giant to teacup. So at my house. <laughs> All right. Well, for today's hot topics, um, you know, sticking with the theme of the show around client success and client growth and engagement, we thought maybe we would talk a little bit first um, about what is our growth here at Wilshire and where have we come from and, and kind of how we kind of grew out of uh, actual operations and then uh, were formed. So, Hank, can you give us a little brief history um, lesson on Wilshire and kind of how we were formed and how and how we've you know, started our own client engagement and success going forward? Sure, I'd love to do that. Um, so I have been in healthcare almost my entire career. I started more on the finance and accounting side of operations and then moved into really revenue cycle about 20 plus years ago. So I've seen uh, a lot of different companies, consulting companies, other vendors come and go and really felt there was an opportunity to develop a firm that was really focused on 
developing kind of true partnerships with their clients, staying focused on where our expertise was, which at the time we started and has continued to be, that's been in supporting revenue cycle from beginning to end, and now really a focused revenue cycle shops that are running Epic. Uh, that wasn't initially on our business plan. That kind of came in a few years after we got started and we took our first big client live on Epic back in 2009. Uh, but really kind of focusing on uh, you know, being that true partner with our clients. They can be there when they need us, um, always available to them if they just have questions. Um, but across all of their needs in the revenue cycle, whether it's implementing Epic, adding new acquisitions and in integrating into Epic, optimizing their applications, project management, temporary management, really all those pieces that we can kind of fill those needs for our clients, uh, kind of suit the nuts and really be that true long-term partner. With that, with that, Hank, can you, uh, you know, I know you, we've had Gretchen on uh, many times and we also had Thea come on uh, for an episode now too. you know, our, our part of the original co-founders from an operations perspective, what, what really are those key things that you guys look at from being from operations to make sure that we maintain having, you know, the focus of the client or that partnership going forward? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, the industry has really, really changed. Uh, and it depends a lot of what type of vendor or partnership you're looking for. Uh, but I think what most clients, healthcare systems are really looking for today is, is really that partnership. Someone that can listen, support their initiatives, provide true value to kind of move those initiatives forward, forward and continuing offer advice and input to where there's opportunities um, that maybe we're finding at other sites that are some clients haven't taken advantage of, but just that constant kind of feedback and input into our clients to really drive their success as they more move forward across their journey. So and really, one of the, oh, no, go ahead, Jen. Oh, I was just going to say, I think one of the things that um, for me kind of differentiates Wilshire is that um, so I, you know, a little bit of personal history. So I met Hank and Gretchen um, back when I worked at Epic and I was an implementer on um, one of the Wilshire Group's first big customers. And so then I, when I left Epic, I moved into consulting and came directly to the Wilshire Group. Um, and so I think what's interesting about the makeup of our staff is that we have people who have many years of operational background who have worked with healthcare systems that um, have implemented or optimized Epic. Um, then we have people that have more of an IT or Epic background um, who have worked in the industry long enough to gain operational experience. And so I think that that's something that um, makes us a little bit different maybe than some of the other consulting companies out there is that we have both sides of the coin um, as opposed to just one or the other. Yeah, you're you're my path are exactly the same. I also worked with a Wilshire client back in my epic days and then directly headed to Wilshire after. I know Evan, you and I oftentimes uh highlight the differences that we have in our backgrounds <laughs> as the co-host on this podcast. I think it adds to the the nature of Wilshire that there is that that mixed uh kind of areas of success that we or expertise that we have. Yeah, I mean, you know, highlighting on that too, I think you know, being a former Wilshire client actually is, I think I, I throw that other spin, right? Like of saying, okay, here's an organization that really has 
made sure like their as a client perspective that the success of the client is always maintained even after the engagement ends and maintaining that relationship. I mean, 10 plus years later, when I was looking for a new adventure, Gretchen and Hank were right there to swoop me up. Um, so it wasn't like an immediate lead lead from a, you know, client into the consulting realm of coming to Wilshire, but it was really maintaining that relationship and partnership long-term that, has led me to my success in my career and then also led me down the path of joining Wilshire. So I think, I think that's what does kind of set the organization apart from other firms that I've had the pleasure of partnering with that are good firms to part, you know, out there, but it's not that, you know, long-term connectivity about growth and, and, and partnership. It's more, Hey, I'm in, I'm in it for the statement of work component of it. And we'd love to get your work Again, but it's not that long-term, you know, let's stay connected. Let's meet up at a conference. Let's co-present down the road on something. So that, at least from my experience of what sets Wilshire apart for me. So it was, was very interesting to listen to all of you share some of that is, I mean, that's just part of our company's DNA from the very beginning. Uh, Gretchen and I were very focused on really ensuring that we hired kind of the best and the brightest uh, that was available across the country so that that would really shine through with our clients. So as we obviously meet a lot of good individuals through other consulting companies, sometimes, sometimes it's through client engagements. Um, many, of you know, we picked up a lot of people that have decided to kind of leave Epic and move on. Uh, so really kind of that, that DNA to continue to look for the best and the brightest um, out there across, across the industry. And then mix that with just having that, deep operational experience. You know, Gretchen and I have been in the same chairs that most of our clients have been in, understanding what that role is like, what those needs are, what those pressures are. And, you know, mixing that with other individuals that really have a strong understanding of how the technology works. And like most of our client engagements, that's epic, but there's lots of ancillary systems uh, that are part of the revenue cycle as well. And understanding how those pieces fit together and being able to be that bridge between operations and IT to make sure that those communications happen successfully and that we kind of get really the point across what we're trying to improve or optimize or where those opportunities exist. I think that's one of the things that sparked us even doing the podcast, right, is saying, hey, we're learning all of these experiences from our clients and from our own personal engagements. And how do we now broaden to get out to all of you listeners, the education that we're learning as well. Um, and I think that, you know, changes our path as well to say, hey, here's ideas, here's strategies, here's things. And it's it's all free coming from us, you know, for from that perspective of saying, hey, we just want to get education out to our peers within the community. It doesn't matter whether you're a client or not. We, we really want healthcare to be successful across the board um, and love you that. So it, it's been fun. I mean, from my perspective, that uh, being able to provide education is just fun to everybody. I'm going to take us in a slightly different direction. Uh, I know everyone here has mentioned that they've been working in healthcare and Epic or IT or whatever role you've been in for a very, very long time. Uh, <laughs> probably have seen a lot of change. I know, Hank, you mentioned earlier, even the Wilshire Group has developed and changed a lot over the years. Uh, Jen, question for you here is client engagement, thinking about how we engage, engage with clients, how clients expect us to engage with them. How have you seen that develop over the years in your time at Wilshire and your your different interactions with clients? 
Yeah, you know, it's it's a very not just over the years, but also a very client specific, um, unique relationship because you know you can have many different types of scenarios. I know my first um, engagement with Wilshire right after I left Epic, um, I was the only one from Wilshire um, on that particular customer, um, so it was just me. Um, then moving to like our first kind of that I was a part of big team, maybe seven years ago where we had five or six people on there. And so as a small consulting company, as a boutique consulting company, um, we can have those different types of engagements. We, we may have one person on there, we may have six. Um, and so I think that the expectation in the industry over the last 10 years has definitely shifted um, from a staff augmentation type of mentality to more of a um, strategic partnership. Um, there's still definitely need for staff augmentation, obviously, and there always will be. But I think that um, the consulting companies that are still standing um, are the ones that are able to provide kind of that strategic partner. And whether that is with you know one consultant who is you know helping you for a specific amount of time or for a specific project or a team of consultants that are helping you, um, you know, change your strategic direction over the course of, you know, a several year engagement. I think that that's where we've seen kind of Wilshire find our niche and kind of grow according to those lines. And that's what I've seen, you know, in the 10, 10 plus years now that I've been at Wilshire. Well, perfect. Um, I think now's a good time to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Fine Medical serves a growing base of more than 800 active hospitals and health systems nationwide. Their best practices are hardwired through technology solutions, proven to help hospitals achieve sustainable top performance. Their well-published results include improving financial performance, physician and staff alignment, patient experience, compliance, and patient safety and quality measures. Learn more at finemedical.com. That's V-Y-N-E medical.com. And we're back. All right. Uh, on to the next segment where we'll discuss industry trends. And as Jen just mentioned, one of the trends that we've seen in our area is moving from staff augmentation to strategic partnerships. And I think that that's a that's a big commitment for a client to think about like a strategic partner. Like I'm I'm committing to a group people uh, to really help me achieve my needs or uh, perform on a certain project. Hank, is there is there like a time in your conversations with clients or like as perspective that you've you've seen that like like come on when talking about strategic partnerships and what Wilshire has to offer there? Yeah, it is. Jen did a a nice job of kind of talking about kind of that client engagement. Um, it really can change quite a bit depending on the client um, and where we are. And I'll say that partnership with the client. So the Initially, a lot of clients we get started with might typically be, you know, a small engagement or they need a project manager to help with this initiative. So it tends to start small. And as they get to know us and we develop that partnership, that's what it can tend to grow. There's a much more comfort level there. They start to understand that we've really got very good people that can really supplement their teams, help them identify issues, work through challenges, um, again, strategic initiatives they have. And that's really where I think it starts to develop. Um, you know, I would say from a client standpoint, because I've had, uh, like, like many folks in this industry, I've had experience for first part of my career kind of being a client. So within a large provider health system, you know, working with a number of different vendors and developing those relationships. Uh, and it, in a, a client that's 
really understands kind of what they're trying to do, what those initiatives are. That's a great partner from a vendor standpoint. It's very helpful to really understand what the objectives are, what we're trying to accomplish and trying to move forward, kind of setting those expectations. Uh, you know, if it's loose, you know, with, within certainly the Wilshire group, we can address that pretty easily and really help kind of focus a client. But if we can really kind of align those strategic initiatives, it's very helpful. We can really kind of help um, outline what that project is going to look like and the resources that are needed. Um, so, yeah, and I think the other big challenge in especially within that client engagement that's happened over the last couple of years with the pandemic is, you know, not being on site like we used to be can add a little bit of a challenge developing those relationships. So we found that to be especially challenging uh, in the early couple of years when you know, travel was shut down completely. Now that it's kind of come back, I think we felt we're finding kind of a nice balance between comfort that people are working can actually get work done remotely, but still having the ability to come on site and have a little bit of FaceTime when it's important, you know, uh, meet everyone face to face and develop those those relationships. So, yeah, no, I think there's been a, a big change in that marketplace. But from my perspective, it's still really about being that partner, developing that that partnership with your clients and with the Wilshire Group, whether we're have a single, you know, advisor or consultant that's on site, you know, making sure that our clients know they always have access to all of Wilshire. So even if it's not something we're working on directly with them at that time, if they have a question about something or interested in what we've done, what else we've seen, we're always willing to kind of jump on a call with whoever the expertise in that area, has the expertise in that area, and kind of, you know, talk through those initiatives. So Jen, with that, and knowing that we've been, you know, from a growth perspective, like taking where, you know, it might have just been a, a you on a client, and now there's seven people on a client, how, how, are, how, have we, or, or how have you seen other organizations, you know, even back at your Epic days, kept the client informed of what everybody's doing and, and how have, how has that grown for us in that perspective? Cause I think that will help, you know, from a operations leader, you know, a client or a partner perspective of being able to say, Hey, what should I expect? How should I be receiving? What, what types of things should I be getting from my business partners out there that are in an engagement, whether it's multi-person or even singular? Yeah, absolutely. I think at a very basic level, we pride ourselves on being the type of partner that we have close relationships with multiple people at different levels of the organizations that we're working with. And so all of our customers feel, um, should feel and do feel that they can reach any of us, you know, via text, you know, via call, whenever they need something. And I think that differentiates us at a very base level from some of the other larger um, potential organizations. Um, they know us on a personal level. I think tools wise, what I've seen develop over the years is that you know, the people who you want to know what's going on are obviously very busy individuals. And so you don't want to take so much of someone's time reading a 20-page status report every month or a progress report or that kind of thing. So what we're working on developing is a very short, succinct kind of monthly status report that is for the people that you work with every day, but also something that's easy for them to send to other executives in the organization to share the value that Wilshire is bringing to that particular organization. Um, so in kind of my role as director of client success, I'm trying to standardize those tools, um, start them at a couple different customers, and then you know push them out more widespread. 
And I think another piece of that that um, we're trying to keep a handle on is as we bring in, um, you know, consultants on an advisory services perspective. So we bring in people to work at a client kind of um, on an hourly basis. We are also doing reporting with them and making sure that their reporting matches up with the full-time employees that are working on the customer as well. Um, and so we're just really trying to be intentional, but also not create busy work for our employees, our consultants, or the customer having to read something that's lengthy every month and react to it. And we just want to have open communication. And that's our main goal. Yeah, and I think with those tools, since I've had the pleasure of developing them with you as well, like, you know, I look at it from like my advisory services team members. We have several people who are on a singular, they're they're the only person in on a client engagement. And it doesn't make sense to produce this you know, quarterly report that shows all of these initiatives, but we want two-way communication back to us and our executive leadership team, and then also to the client executive leadership team. So, you know, a one-pager document that just talks about like, here's what the statement of work says, and here's where we're at with those certain KPIs. And I think, you know, even me in my interim role with one of our clients right now, filling a role, I'm having to do the counter with business partners that they have engagements with to say, hey, you know, what does our contract say? What does the statement of work say for those leveraging metrics? So, you know, from an operational perspective, Hank, you know, what are some of those key things that, you know, for uh, op staff that they should think through to be receiving data back from from like a Wilshire or a Gen over client success in that regards. Yeah, as, as Jen commented on, it's it's such an important piece of really maintaining that partnership with our clients. Um, you know, when when someone engages us, I mean, it's not inexpensive. So you know, resources are not cheap. Those invoices are going through, they're showing up on departmental expense lines. And it's important for us to make it easy for our client partners to know exactly what we're working on, what it is that we're accomplishing. Because at the end of the day, somebody's always going to ask, well, you know, we spent half a million dollars on the Wilshire Group. What do we get for that? So we've been able to constantly remind um, you know, our champions that are on the, on the clients we engage with what it is we're doing, uh, depending on the type of project, it may have even an ROI that we can track, or we've identified specific opportunities and improvements that have generated X dollars in uh, reducing revenue linkage or reducing expenses through optimization, optimization opportunities within Epic or other workflows. So constantly having that reminder is just so important, especially in today's world where everybody's challenged a little bit with the expense side uh, coming out of the pandemic with openings and overtime and temporary help. So being able to constantly have that feedback is uh, very, very important. And again, just continues to really show us uh, the Wilshire Group being kind of a true partner with our clients. We make that easy on them and constantly give them those talking points that they can share. Is that a conversation that you have as like you're setting those those R, that ROI, that those KPIs and metrics? Is that a conversation that's happening at the front end or is that something that kind of changes and evolves throughout the life cycle of a project? That's a great question, Daniel. So Again, I, I mentioned earlier where, you know, a lot of this responsibility can also be on the client side and then being really clear about what they want and what their expectations are. So we certainly have a lot of clients that kind of know us, they trust us and don't uh, ask for a lot of those things up front or set those expectations. But this is where we want to come in and do a much better job 
than we have in the past necessarily making sure that communication happens on a consistent basis. And it, it all depends a little bit on the type of project we're talking about as well. You know, there's, uh, you know, lots of recovery vendors out there and you get an invoice every month that's tied to exactly what they collected. Um, there's still lots of opportunity in that space as well to be a good partner. Um, but some things are a little easier than potentially some of the large projects we work on where it's, you know, might be a little bit of filling some gaps in management or project management, plus working on initiatives, plus, like, you know, the identification of opportunities we find. Bringing that all together is really kind of what Jen's trying to hone our message on so we can be a little more comprehensive about how we share that information with the client. I think, too, you know, I think I, I'm just thinking of a client that we're working with right now. The, our statement of work said one thing, and then all of a sudden their individual need shifted. So we had to change even team members out and change that. So making sure like from a business and from a partner perspective that, you know, whoever you're engaging with, that they have that flexibility and workforce to flip flop and move, move their consulting teams around to, to partner with you is, is key. And, and I think that, you know, when I step back and look at who I'm engaged, who I have engaged with in my old operation days, it was that type of workforce to say, hey, I need a coder today for this. And then all of a sudden now I need a revenue integrity person or I need somebody for backend leadership to help out with that. So having more of that dynamic component, I think is really key. Um, but also being able to say, hey, you know, while working with a client, uh, working with working with a partner, I mean, essentially, if their need does change, how do we do that? So one of our groups right now, we have two individuals working on a on a smaller like in, they're filling in an interim position, but they've identified through their work like, hey, there's opportunity for us to come in and change out how we automate some of this so that the work doesn't just keep coming into the work queue. So you know, I think that's partially what sets us apart is is in our interim ability, we have them looking for. Um, Oh, what is the word that we coin? Gretchen always says, um, uh, consultative sales. Yes, consultative sales. So that we're <laughs> looking to say, like, hey, here are other opportunities that whether you want to fix it yourself or you want us to come in and help advise or even physically do the fix for you, you know, in that component, I think that's what really sets good business partners aside. Cause I, I, I think of that even like in, you know, underpayment recovery work, like, them coming in and helping develop like a good team would not just like, Hey, here's an underpayment. We're finding this stuff, but let us teach your team. Let's update your contracts. Let us provide you that additional advice because they want you to succeed and not necessarily work themselves completely out of a job, but, you know, show that they're offering you something in addition to just routine cookie cutter work that's on the statement of work. So. Yeah. You mentioned a, a good point that, you know, most of the projects that the Wilshire Group engages in, you know, tend to have tend to have kind of de defined project objectives and initiatives and kind of what we're looking for or the client's looking for. Um, and another I think, component of being a really good partner is focused on that knowledge transfer as well. So that when it is time for the Wilshire Group to roll off, uh, you know, the whole project and all the initiatives we just put in place, the client don't just come kind of a screeching, you know, halt and everything kind of fall apart. So that, you know, kind of that transition is built into everything we do to make sure that that's successful as well. So the client can continue to build on what we've 
hopefully is established as a solid base and infrastructure for them to kind of continue moving forward. That's a really good point. And that's something that we've recently just started to, to try to document even before the end of a project. So kind of that transfer of knowledge, um, you know, a long-term plan um, or a midterm plan of how we are going to make sure that there are people at the customer, the customers, you know, full-time employees who are up to speed on everything that we've been doing. Um, what you hate to see as a consultant or really as anyone is you spend a couple of years working on a couple of initiatives, you get the system up where it needs to be, everything is going along great. And then, you know, your project is done. And then a couple of years later, everything has fallen apart because it hasn't been maintained. And so you really want to, you know, as a consultant, you always want to leave things better than you found them. And you want to make sure that there's a plan for, you know, maintenance, um, continued oversight, whatever it might be. Um, that's something that, you know, we've always done, but we're really trying to formalize a little bit more to be very transparent and very directive in our suggestions of here's who we think would be the best person to shadow me, um, to get them up to speed, that kind of thing. And I think our customers really appreciate that because um, most of our counterparts, you know, along with being in charge of making strategic directions about their organization, they also um, are managing, you know, hundreds of employees and they have a lot of responsibilities within the healthcare organization. And so the more that we can kind of help them with that guidance and say, look, we've kind of made this easy on you. Um, that is another sign of a true partnership. Yeah, I think that's a, like another great point, Jen, is as we've really developed our company into kind of a full service consulting firm, that ability to add, you know, not just that interim position, if there's some openings in, in key positions within the revenue cycle, but to also provide recruiting services. So if we need to fill that role, so we've got that person to do that knowledge transfer with. And then if that person lasts a couple of years, then they roll off, there's another gap. We're there for you to step in again, just to kind of help keep everything moving forward. So you just don't have that, you know, great initial run up, everything's successful, and then it stalls and starts to, you know, decline again, trying to avoid that, that slippage that can occur sometimes. Hey, on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. There are thousands of medical offices and facilities across America, each navigating through changing regulations and reimbursement models while striving for positive patient experiences and outcomes. A common element in each of these facilities is patient access, the front line of both the revenue cycle and the patient experience. Though diverse in facility size and geography, patient access professionals unite around a common purpose, enhancing the overall patient experience to increase patient satisfaction and outcomes. Through it all, one organization is there to educate, connect, inform, and pave the way toward the future of patient access. The National Association of Healthcare Access Management recognizes the changing role of patient access professionals and their increased importance. Claim Capital is a team of ex-EPIC staff focused on preventing denials. Instead of showing what was denied, which is the standard for other solutions available today, Claim Capital pinpoints why claims are denied. By training machine learning models on an organization's claim and remittance data, Claim Capital can identify the causes of denials and recommend changes in EHR build or workflows to prevent them from happening in the future. With a completely HIPAA-compliant infrastructure, no software implementations, and a zero-risk pricing structure, organizations can quickly and safely recover lost revenue. And we're back. 
All right, we're going to take a different spin. And Evan, I'm going to pose this question to you to start out and figure, wrap up this uh, this podcast with a kind of final thought. How do you engage with partners and clients that you're you're talking with on a day to day basis? Like, what's your your methodology, your strategy? What's the secret sauce that makes Evan work? Yeah, I think my secret sauce is a little bit di- like I tend to get more in with our clients, like majority of the clients I work with are more on the operational perspective. So I'm doing more either interim work and also looking at things from an, from a strategic perspective, or I'm guiding a team that's engaged with the strategy around it. So I try to just, you know, for me, it's about a personal relationship. Those are the um, partners in my career that I've always wanted to maintain and and have. So I really try to get to know what's that organization, what is their what is that individual that I'm working with. So really developing that relationship um, and cultivating that so that we can have that open two way conversation. Um, I'm a little frank, sometimes a little too frank and honest <laughs> about what I'm seeing and what what it is. But I, you know, putting that putting it in a spin of just being able to say like, Hey, here, here's the data. Here's what it's saying to me. Um, but whether you guys want to go with it or not, that's up to you. So I'm here to either implement, or I'm here to just say, here's, here's those opportunities. So that's always been my approach. Um, but you know, like with my current client, I'm kind of the decision maker at the same time of being the advisor. So I'm having to teach, um, the directors under that I'm currently overseeing, you know, how do they look for their business partners and set those expectations of the business partners and put the work back on the business partner as well. So it's not just on um, them to do the data. I I give you guys an example. We're working with bad debt vendors right now, uh, partners and saying, Hey, I need this bad debt. I'm trying to figure out what's my return rates, things of that nature. And instead of me having to run all that data and see what's out there, going back to the partner and saying, hey, what are you showing so that I can compare it to my own data set and and develop that relationship? So that's, I I put that own expectation on me as a partner, you know, with my partners of saying, what is the data set that I need to be providing out and being more forward thinking? That's, that's just kind of how I change it. And making sure it's a, an actual relationship. Cause when I leave this client, I, you know, I want them to call me and reach back out and know that they have a lifeline regardless. And at least in the revenue integrity space, I've been able to do that with my other clients so far, um, you know, and some of the operational perspectives, but I, I think it, it just changes the tone. Um, so how about you, Jen? I mean, you've been with your client for a long time and they love you. So, uh, you know, what, what is it? And you've bounced around with that client too. So, um, I think I typically live in that space between it and operations. Um, and so, you know, I was just thinking, as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, just my day to day, you know, and I, earlier today, I was meeting with it analysts and advising them on build and testing plans for new, um, functionality that we want to put in, into the system and fixes that we want to do. And then later on in the day, I was writing a proposal to um, submit to senior leadership to take away co-signature requirements for physician assistants in the clinic. So very, very different types of work. But I think, as all of us have said, I think the biggest part is, is relationship building. Like from the IT perspective, I want to have the same relationship 
an open, honest, and respectful one with the analysts as I do with the, you know, the director of revenue cycle IT or the director of clinical IT. Um, the same type of open relationship that I want to have with the director of coding, um, you know, the chief revenue cycle officer. Um, and so, you know, just making sure that you develop those relationships and people feel like they can come to you for things, they can bounce ideas off of you. Um, and just that you're, you know, open and honest and always available for kind of that, that listening ear, if you will. And so that's kind of how I try to go about my work, whether it is in that IT realm or in that operations realm. I was going to say for my my current role, I'm going on two years now and new projects. So sticking around with the same client and a uh, different space. But I agree that like positioning between IT and operations, it's a difficult like position to find yourself in and do really well. Um, being able to maintain the relationship with IT and operations. I know we've had in our podcast a few times the the conversation about IT and operations don't work well together all the time. Um, and something that IT says might be a little um, misaligned with like operations. And there's there's a lot of conflict that can happen there and how to manage that that relationship. I know like in my role, I'm reporting. I don't really have an operational person. There's no like, everybody is my client. Uh, everybody is my operational uh, counterpart. And so empowering IT and having that relationship to be able to say, hey, we should prioritize this. Like this is a really important thing. And being able to help empower and steer them in the right direction has been where I've found my most success. I love how you put that empowering IT, because I think that a lot of people in the IT realm um, maybe don't have the operational experience to know what to prioritize or to um, know how something is going to affect, you know, um, operations, whether it be, you know, clinicians or revenue cycle um, users, whatever it might be. And so that word empowering of giving kind of the background to IT and helping with that prioritization and direction setting is um, a really valuable piece of the puzzle. And I'm going to do a shameless plug there. So for listeners, if you missed um, season two, episode four, come check out because we are actually meeting with one of our actual partners and they're joining us on the po- on that episode of the podcast to talk about um, ticket prioritization and how it impacts operations how IT decisions from an IT perspective impacts operations and vice versa. So um, it's a great episode to hear more about that empowerment. So yeah, Hank, how about you long-term? What You've been in the game the longest. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you ever for pointing that out. <laughs> it helps to have the reminder, right? <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Do not <need> that. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, it's very interesting to hear just even the three of your perspective. Um, as you guys know, I have, uh, my role can be unique at times. So in the Wilshire group, um, I'm engaged with uh, clients as well. So I have specific projects or are helping to manage certain areas. And so I have that, you know, client vendor partnership, as well as having kind of that direct oversight and responsibility, similar to what, what you shared earlier. And, you know, so in that role, I've I've got to hit all those key items you guys talked about, how I manage that relationship, plus all the expectations with, you know, executive level um, in an organization of just kind of how that reporting works, that relationship with your, you know, what is it, our clients' employees, you know, and then our bosses at the client, not only in that vendor role, but also as as an interim kind of employee role. And then I've got the unique position of being responsible for all of our projects. So if things aren't going well, 
being able to kind of come in, figure out what's going on, talk with our, our client partners about kind of what we need to do, where we're off a little bit and kind of make those adjustments. So, you know, kind of living on a little bit in all those different roles can be, can be fun and, and challenging at times. But I would, uh, you know, also add to that, we've, we've talked a lot about client engagement, those relationships between clients uh, and their vendors. And, you know, Evan, you touched on this a little bit. When you're in those those roles, so from that client perspective, um, and you may have you know five, six, seven different vendors, key vendors or partners that you're using within within, within the revenue cycle umbrella, and that you know maybe you know different roles that they're all playing, but you know there are certain responsibilities that really fall on clients to manage that vendor relationship well, and I think the easiest one to talk a little bit about is. You know, there are vendors that are uh, early out vendors that are getting a portion of your accounts receivable for follow up. Everybody's using bad debt agencies to manage self pay accounts after they get to a certain stage. Almost everyone has some sort of recovery vendor that's coming in be behind your team, behind the vendors you utilize to do that last check. Side plug, as Evan says, if you're not using one, we strongly recommend that be part of your revenue cycle strategy that you do have. A good solid recovery vendor, but you know now you've got all the headaches that go with it. Uh, go with this. I mean, they could be they could be responsible for you know 100 plus million dollars of your accounts receivable at any given time. So you know how do you manage that? How do you ensure that all those accounts are either internal or with a vendor? How do you make sure those accounts aren't with more than one vendor? You know who has the primary responsibility? Ensuring that uh, invoices are processed correctly. How do you make sure that you know when uh, a payment comes in because most of those relationships are contingency based that you're only paying the appropriate vendor for that one payment. And it's not showing up on three different invoices. Um, you know, not, not a lot of tools out there to help you manage that. So, you know, something we're, we've developed and we're working on for our clients that need that kind of support, but you got to have some sort of process in place to kind of manage just the administrative and financial side of having, you know, those type of vendor relationships. Um, so just, just lots of challenges in that space. But again, I think the, the good vendors that really partner with their clients, um, you know, have the tools and support to really kind of help make sure their clients are successful across all of those aspects. Yeah. And I think it's a, a constant two-way conversation that's always taking place uh, in that. Well, we are just about at time. So we are going to not have the Wilshire Lab on this episode. Um, but um, I guess, Daniel, it's time to take us away. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, I know this this uh, podcast went in a couple of different directions, talking about our history, talking about client engagement. If any of this interested you, I'd hope you'd reach out and want to chat to us about it with us more, even if it's like, I don't know what recovery vendor to use. Like, I think we could have that conversation. Um but for our listeners, uh, Jen, do you want to just highlight some of the best ways to reach out to you or connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Jen Krebs, and uh, my email with Wilshire is j.krebs, K-R-E-B as in boy S at the Wilshiregroup.net. Um, would love to hear from you from you if you are interested in talking about, you know, client success, um, reporting out on that, um, really anything. So it's always exciting to get to meet new people and I know a lot of us are looking forward to attending some conferences this spring and meeting some some new potential partners. So we're all excited about that. What about you for you, Hank? How could uh, folks reach out to you? Uh, yes, actually, 
stay sort of thing. You can go to our website, thewilshiregroup.net, and find all of us. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, Hank Smither. Easy to find my bright, smiling face out there. Uh, <laughs> or, or or email works for me as well. Uh, we all have the same setup. Mine is each dot smither no s at the end at the wilshiregroup.net um and we will be at uh, core in las vegas in a couple weeks here in the end of march so if you're attending that uh we are hosting wednesday night's event so i hope to see you there and please stop by and say hello well thank you both for joining again uh thanks for having this fun engaging conversation um in future episodes everybody uh check out uh Tim uh, Holland will be joining us to talk about vendor management, actually. So more about partner man management in that regards um, uh, and some of the fun work and cool things that he's been creating for us here at Wilshire. Um, just a shameless plug again. This is episode five of season two. Um, so we are looking forward to seeing you on future episodes. That's it for us today. Bye-bye. If you liked today's episode, continue to join Wilshire Wednesdays. You can follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter at Evan underscore Wilshire. Daniel can be followed at Daniel underscore TWG. Wilshire Group at TWG Health. On Facebook at the Wilshire Group or on Instagram at Wilshire IT Revcast. Remember, if you prefer to watch, come check us out at the Wilshire IT Revcast YouTube channel. If you have an inquiry, want to share your thoughts or get additional information on today's episode, email us at Wilshire Podcast at the Wilshire Group. The best way to support this podcast is to review, rate, and subscribe. See you next time. Bye-bye. The Wilshire IT Revcast is hosted, produced, and engineered by Evan Martin and Daniel Bianchini. It is executive produced by Gretchen Case, Hank Smither, and Spencer Thielman. The Wilshire Group, experience you can trust, results you can count on.